Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Welcome to This Week Health. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 Spring Conferences Vive in Nashville and HIMSS in Chicago. Special thanks to our sponsors on the conference channel, which are SureTest, CDW Healthcare, Artisite, and Rubrik for making this content possible and for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. You can check them out on our website, thisweekhealth.com. Now, on to this interview. All right, here we are for another interview in action from the Vive Conference down here in Nashville. We're joined by Dr. Shafiq Rob with Tufts Medicine. How's it going? I think it's going all right. Uh, I mean, except that it's a lot of struggle. That's pretty much it. There's a lot of struggle. We've heard already from the floor how many organizations are struggling with the cost of care. Patients are struggling with cost of care, but health systems are just struggling with cost, the burden of cost and all the things that are going on there. Does technology offer any solutions or way out of this? Well, you see, technology does offer, but at the end, technology can do so much. It's more about the transformation, workforce automation, but to even to do that, until the payment system changes, healthcare is struggling a lot. We had three big things happening to us. The pandemic happened, then the workforce shortage happened, and then all the money that Medicare and other people gave, they took it back. And surgeries were decreased because that's where they make the most money. And a lot of people didn't even come back to work. So that makes a big difference. Yeah, so and now we have Medicaid redetermination going on as well. These are shocks to the system. We've seen shocks to the systems over the last couple of years, plus inflation. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. And so we had wage inflation. We also had cost of supplies and those kind of things. Now, we've talked in the past, and you're bullish on technology. I mean, there's a lot of things technology can do, but there's operational changes, and then there's systemic issues with regard to pricing and reimbursements, as you mentioned. And we've got to address those for sure. But I'm curious, as you see all the conversations around technology, the chat GPTs and AL and data lakes and all this other stuff, is any of it resonating at this point? Yeah, so I think here are the basic steps in my mind. The basic step is that first you have to digitize. If you have not digitized, digitize. Then you go to the next process known as digitalization in which all your processes, workflow, but as you are doing that, you train your workforce to it. But in all of these, the most important thing you are doing, you're creating a data layer on top, like a data lake, where you're getting all the information so you can serve that up. Here is the part. Generative AI, which is ChatGPT4, will be out and other things will up. The workforce has to learn how to use it. Right. Just because I built one, I have a data lake, 104 fire services ready. It doesn't make any difference. So the part is that chief operating officers, CEOs, 
and CFOs who are supporting the technology, like our technology guy. I'm already in the cloud, I'm shutting my data centers. But that technology can only be useful if you make the cultural transformation of using the technology. And the holy grail in all of this is the place where you keep all the data and from that data, you start generating AI logarithms that speeds up the process, gets the inefficiencies out, makes it easier to work, and at the same time, which very few people have done, is that even if you have a chat GPT-4, it's only for the healthcare providers. We have not given access to the patient. Like patient from home should be able to run a logarithm on themselves, asking, I'm diabetic, I have 120 blood sugar now, yeah. what should I eat? Or should I eat the sweet and should I increase my insulin by 10? We have not evolved to that. So if until as you do that, the customer experience does not happen. Why is that important? Because we want to take the cost out. And the cost means we want to take the utilization out. Utilization out means then we can go to the payers, show it to them, we took the utilization out, give us a higher rate of reimbursement. I was just having that conversation around Increasing the number of touch points. We have to make people healthier. That's right. And the touch points that you can have with technology is just greater, it's just far greater. We just have a limited number of people to go around. When I think of ChatGPT4 and the questions I've asked it and the answers that have come back, it's really interesting. But when I talk about it amongst healthcare, a lot of times I get, oh, it's overhyped. And I agree, It's it, right now it couldn't be any more hyped if we tried. But the thing that's interesting to me is how much progress it made on the legal side from GPT-3 to GPT-4. And we're talking specifically about, yeah. about OpenAI. But the amount of progress it made, and then people are looking at it going, well, it still can't pass the medical exam. It doesn't look at images, it doesn't do these things. But I sort of, as a technologist, I sort of look at it a little different, which is, oh my gosh, look how far it's come this quickly. Could we train it? on specific things so it could have a conversation with a patient. So that is correct. Nothing is perfect, right? So we have to be aware of biases. We have to be aware of the sample and the population that we have. But one thing is for sure, nobody's going to stop AI to become part of our lives. It's not possible because right. technology will keep on going faster and higher and higher till it gets to perfection. So nobody's telling you to go use ChatGPT4 to diagnose something today. But ChatGPT 5, it'll be pretty darn close to give you that insight. More so, you'll have choices that you can ask. Like you just saw somebody presented an app that what drug costs where and what drug is cheaper in other place, the other place. Those kind of questions people will ask and you will get those answers. Like today, when you use Waze, you understand which route is better to take. Right. And then you shut it down and bring it back up, it tells you a new route to take. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that things will happen. But the part that I'm trying to tell you is that if we take the inefficiencies out of healthcare, then we can increase the lifespan and then we can increase the quality of life. Like why should a patient come to a place just to get his lab result? Like we used to go to the doctor just to know you got you. You can get on your, on, on your phone today, right. right? Because you have to park, you have to find inconvenience. So. The cost of healthcare is not only what comes out of the pocket, but other things. And then we have to find funds flow. So this is very important to understand. Presently, only surgery gets paid the most. Spinal surgery, cardiac surgery, even though we are working on value-based care, but until as we control the circle, 
Circle means the ecosystem of healthcare. A cardiac transplant surgeon does not get a patient by themselves. Somebody sends right. it to them, right? So each part of the process is explained, then everybody makes money. At the same time, the loop is closed and healthcare can become better. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. We have a great webinar coming up for you in April. We just finished our March one on April 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the first Thursday of every month. We're gonna have our leadership series. This one is on CISO priorities for 2023, Chief Information Security Officers. We have a great panel. We have Eric Decker with Intermountain, Shauna Hofer with St. Luke's Health System out of Boise, Idaho, and Vic Aurora with Hospital for Special Surgery. And we are gonna delve into what are the priorities for security? What are we seeing? What are the new threat vectors? What is top of mind for this group? If you wanna be a part of these webinars, and we would love to have you be a part of them, go ahead and sign up. You can go to our website, thisweekhealth.com. Top right-hand corner, you'll see our webinar. And when you get to that page, go ahead and fill out your information. Don't forget to put a question in there. One of the things that we do, I think that is pretty distinct, is we collect, like for today's webinar, we had 50 some odd questions that we utilized in order to make sure that the conversation is the conversation that you want us to have with these executives. So really appreciate you guys being a part of it and look forward to seeing you on that webinar. Now, back to the show. Let me ask you this as an exit question. So you've, you've now served in multiple markets. When I came into healthcare, they used to say, healthcare is local. I guess I have two directions I want to take this question. One is, you served in different places. Are there distinctions in each of those places? And is healthcare still local? Or are we seeing more and more national plays with regard to certain aspects? Okay, so I'll be get caught by answering it. So I'll try to answer it as always I answer truthfully. In healthcare, there are places where you can have better payer mix. In healthcare, there are areas where you don't have good payer mix. Right. That is the first difference. Medicare, Medicaid, self-pay, right. as compared to commercial payers. So the health system that are in places where the commercial payers are there, they do far better right. than the ones that they don't. That's the first difference. Second difference is that, yes, there are some geographical differences. Like you can get Hunter virus in New Mexico. I get it. You will get West Nile virus in some areas. So some diseases are specific. Other than that, pneumonia is pneumonia, diabetes is diabetes, congestive heart failure is congestive heart failure, MI is MI. So eating habits, environment, and the opportunity to good food and right nutrition also depends where you are. So that local part, if you are in somewhere rural America, you may not have access to the latest cancer treatment. You may not have access to the latest drugs or you may not even have a connection to the internet. So those are the various things that affects healthcare. So. Yeah. Chicago, you didn't have that challenge. Do you have that challenge where you're at now? Oh yeah, in Chicago, we have the west side of Chicago. In Boston, we have China downtown. We have Lowell Market. So we do have those challenges. When I was in New Jersey, we had areas. So those, the difference that I told you about by payer mix, yeah. that is ubiquitous everywhere but the delivery of care and the part how do you convince the user of care to come to you or you go to them that part technology can make it easier yeah, absolutely shafiq thank you thanks keep, for talking to keep, me keep fighting the good fight oh 100 another great interview 
I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conference. I love hearing from people on the front lines, and it's phenomenal that they've taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community. It is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our sponsors who make this content possible and are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are SureTest, CDW Healthcare, Artisite, and Rubric. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. Thank you.